Hello, welcome to the Film Obsessed Couple. I'm Shelly. And I'm Scott. You know, if you're looking for a wonderful Mother's Day gift, I've got one for you. Go to my Etsy shop, which I'll have a link in our description. Check out what I've got. I think it would make a wonderful Mother's Day gift. If you don't celebrate Mother's Day for many reasons, um, treat yourself. Yeah, treat yourself. Treat yourself. Get you something nice. Because I got it. I got it for you. Um, Just (laughs) check it out. But we'll have the link to my Etsy shop in the show notes. All you got to do is click on it. You can also follow me on favorite social media platform. Yes, please give that a look and support if you can, or just like, follow. I think I think what you just do, you just do scene or favorite. Yeah, favorite favorites. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yes. Any support would be great for that. I'm very excited that you started that. Yeah, me too. What are we talking about today? So a little bit of a change, and I'll announce it on Instagram and Twitter before we actually release it. We were going to do they them. And Shelly and I decided to go see John Wick 4, and we were like, yeah, let's just go watch it. I heard it's actually very good. Let's go watch it. And Shelly's like, well, let's do that as our movie. And I was like, oh, well, we're not going to be able to take notes or anything. How are we going to do this? And we just winged it, and you know, we're just doing this kind of from our memories and from what we read online again. So today we're doing John Wick Chapter 4. Yeah. And I thought it was really good. I did too. I figured... If we spent that much time in a yeah. theater and we have a movie podcast, uh, we better talk about it. Yeah, yeah, because this movie is almost exactly is three hours. Do you think it needed to be three hours? Yeah, yeah, I guess so, because they had to wrap up a lot of story mm-hmm. and then they needed to have all these awesome action fights that everybody wanted to watch, so... Yeah, I don't see how they could have gotten around it, I guess. I think they could have backed it up to like two and a half hours. Really? Yes. Especially the very beginning. The beginning, I was kind of like, I, oh, what, why are we just seeing this hand punch a board? And there's blood on the the board. You know, usually if you punch something long enough to bleed, you better stop. Well, that's just kind of showing you, you know, they've said it so many times throughout the movies is that John Wick just has this unbreakable will. Like, he will just keep doing something no matter what until he gets it right. Mm-hmm. So it's just showing you, like, this dude's crazy, man. He was, like, breaking his hand, basically, just practicing, getting ready for what's coming. So he was like, I love the pain. I don't know. So, yeah, I mean, I thought it I thought it needed to be that. I mean, I, I'm just trying to think, like, where you could possibly trim it. There is a version of this movie, I think, that could make two hours but you'd probably lose out on action sequences, and I thought they were all very well done. The five minutes it took him to fall down those flights of stairs. Yeah. They could have taken that out. Well, that's the joke, though. <laughs> no, I know. I was, if they did, because when that happened, I was like, oh, no. And then I was like, oh, no. And then I'm like, oh, no. Yeah. And <laughs> He's going. Yeah, people in the theater were laughing at that because it's just like, yeah, he just worked his his ass off getting up these stairs, and now he just got knocked way back down. And just to back up, if you haven't seen the movie, this is going to be huge, huge spoilers. Yes. We're, we're going to be talking about it. Uh, so if you haven't seen it and you want to see it, stop right now. Mm-hmm. Yeah, don't don't listen to this until you have seen the movie. Yeah, go watch it. Have some fun in the theater. 
popcorn, whatever you do, and then come back and listen. Yeah, I will put a spoiler warning on the description as well. But yeah, I know I, I jumped so far ahead, but it was just talking about the length of everything and it made me think of those stairs. Yeah, and you know, we're not going to go blow by blow here. I mean, gosh, it would be difficult to describe all the fights that happened, just how, you know, beat for beat how it worked. But uh, this one, you know, picks up pretty much where the last one left off. Like, thankfully, I was explaining to you what happened. And the Alamo, when we went and watched it, did have a recap of all the John Wick movies as we watched them. I was so happy because I kind of remembered, and you you told me on the way to the theater yeah. a little bit, because you know me. And and then when they had that, I'm like, oh, thank goodness. Yeah. And the narrator that was narrating, you know, just Very funny. Something. Yeah. Oh, my gosh. I was laughing. Yeah. The, hilarious. I really love their pre-shows. They, they really make it worthwhile. We got to see some early Keanu Reeves um commercials that he was in it was pretty funny to see those so he looked like a baby yeah i know people are like well he doesn't age he looks like a vampire and i'm like (laughs) no he looks like he's aging for sure yeah he does you you get close up and you can tell i mean i think his beard hides a lot of it i think that's kind of going away now because i think it was at the premiere for this i saw pictures of him where he's got gray a lot of gray in his beard now yeah and i'm just like okay now he looks like he's actually getting a lot older It's kind of like Tom Cruise. I don't know if you saw pictures of what he looked like at the new Top Gun premiere, but he looks like he's actually aging now. Starting to get older. Yeah, I think he's wrinkling a little bit in the face, which I'm not saying is bad. It it happens as you age. Yeah. I've got them. It's fine. But for everybody being like, well, Tom Cruise doesn't age. Tom Cruise doesn't age. I saw him at that Top Gun premiere and pictures, and I'm like, okay, now it looks like he's actually aging. (laughs) So John Wick 3, it ends. Uh, Winston shoots John Wick off of the roof of the Continental because John Wick was tasked to kill Winston and he decided that he wasn't going to do it. All of the high table sends like a shit ton of guys. They kill them. John Wick gets shot off the roof and they're like, he gets found by Lawrence Fishburne, whose name in these movies is just the Bowery King. He doesn't have a name like Jeff or Joe. It's the Bowery King. Not Morpheus. (laughs) Definitely not Morpheus. (laughs) And he's like, I'm pretty pissed off, John. Are you pissed off? And he just looks up, or I think he even says, yeah. And that's the end of the third one. I think that's most of his, most of what he says in this movie is, yeah. Which I, I just read this in the trivia. He he says only 380 words in this movie. Yeah, I believe it. Yeah, because <laughs> we were joking around about it. I don't think he, he is that great acting-wise in this movie. Mm. Um, in regards to his line readings, like he is a hundred percent into it when it comes to the action. But, you know, I think the first word, like you said, he's hitting a board at the very beginning and Lawrence Fishburne comes in and he's like, are you ready, John? And he's like, yeah. 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 Just like, what? Okay. Well, you know what? I thought that at the beginning, I'm like, or, or when I was watching the movie, I'm like, man, his acting, I don't, I don't know. But you know what was great? Mm Mm-hmm. Is his facial expression? Yeah, that is hard. That mm-hmm. is hard to act to me. Yeah, without words, and you get to feel his emotions. You kind of get to know what he's thinking. Yeah, can you imagine acting like that? It would be hard. Yeah. So that is where I'm like, okay, he may not have said very many words, and the words when he did say it wasn't that great. But boy, his just facial expressions. Mm-hmm blew me out of the water so that just that doesn't matter to me yeah and i know i know it and it's very nitpicky and stuff and we were joking around that maybe he's like 
yeah, I've uh, been working my ass off for these stunts 24-7. <laughs> I don't really have the energy to emote in my lines at this moment. I am out of breath yeah, all the time. <laughs> I'm taking hits of oxygen in between these scenes. Give me a fucking break. <laughs> if I ever do another action movie again, I'll choose a role that doesn't make me be in a uh, suit when I have to do all this shit. Oh, can you imagine? Yeah. I wonder if they're like, look, we'll make it stretchy suit, like elastic suit. And he has to hold it up like he holds the jacket up over his face so he doesn't because it's bulletproof. Yeah, he's like a, a magician, like holding his cape over his face. Yeah. <laughs> Everybody in that movie was doing it in this one it was pretty funny yeah because th- that's another thing like i want when we watched john wick 2 and they widened the scope of the movie like the first one you just kind of get the sense that oh maybe it's like in new york it's a secret society of these few assassins or something it, that it's bigger than that but in john wick chapter 2 you're like oh it seems like everybody in the world is an assassin yeah and so it, it just kind of makes me laugh you know and we get introduced to Lawrence Fishburne's character. There's like a whole homeless group of people mm-hmm. that run the world too. And I'm like, is there any normal people in this world? No. I know. I would just love to see like them firing out in the open like they are at the end when they're in that big roundabout in Paris. I would love to see like just one person being like, oh my God. And everybody else is trying to attack John. Like he's the one guy that is not in on all this. So the roundabout. Is probably my least favorite scene. I thought it was pretty cool. I we talked about why you thought you didn't care for it. It just, I well, and one, I guess I've never, I've never been to Paris, so yeah. Do they really drive like that? How so? They're driving like a bat out of hell around this roundabout, mm. like going like sixty miles an hour. Now the bad guys or just regular people? Regular people. I don't know. It's probably I don't know about that. It's probably for dramatic effect. Because you're talking about when people get hit. Yeah. And they, these people just keep going. And, and this fight scene lasts for fucking ever. Mm-hmm. And I would imagine by then people would be like knowing something was wrong and not yeah. going around the roundabout. Or they would be in a fucking pile up because everybody's stopping. Yeah. Because all these people are trying to shoot each other. Well, I, I can tell you right now why people aren't starting is because if you want proof that everybody is in on this world of assassins... When he's fighting a legendary martial artist guy, he's been in a ton of martial arts movies. He's a huge stunt actor, Scott Atkins. He's killing people left and right in that big club that they're in, and people are in the background are still just dancing. Yeah, that was another one. That I was like, well, this is weird. And and people are dancing like they're like convulsing. Yeah. Did you notice that? Mm-hmm. They were just like really getting their whole body and arms around like they were like one of those... What's a nope? Those wind things. Oh, yeah. The inflatable things. Yeah. That's how they were dancing. Yeah. There's that. And then, you know, he's like shooting people like right next. You can really tell that people notice it because in some scenes you see them like looking at these people fighting. But like doesn't affect it. So I'm like, I guess everybody is just in on this and like, well, it's another Tuesday. It looks like these assassin guys are fighting. Just stay out of the way. <laughs> That's John Wick. If I go up against him, I'll get killed. Yeah. I'm just going to continue dancing because I'm high. Yeah. I don't know. So the big thing that was kind of looming over this movie is that Lance Reddick, the assistant to Winston for the Continental, passed away before the movie came out. Mm. 
and you ran to the bathroom like right before it started but before they started the previews for the movie they did have like a very nice like in memoriam for him that's awesome yeah it was just a picture of him and it was very kind like oh he was the greatest and very kind and friendly we'll miss him for the forever so but the beginning of the movie is that you know because of the last movie winston and lance reddick's character are getting into trouble because john wick is still alive Winston's like, well, I shot him off the roof. I should be fine, right? And they're like, he's gone. He's still alive. Like, we're doing horror movie rules here. If we didn't find the body, he's obviously still alive. (laughs) And because of that, they blow up the Continental, which you would think that if a gigantic building like that gets demolished in the middle of New York, that would cause some chaos. Huge chaos. And how many innocent people died? I don't know. Well, they do get the thing where they were like, you have one hour to get out. So, but like people in around the building, maybe? Yeah, that's what I meant. Like yeah. people driving by. I don't know. But that just goes to show you that everybody in the world's in on it. They just text everybody's little small flip phones and it's like, hey, we're, <laughs> this is getting blown up. Nobody worry. They're razors. Yeah. <laughs> you see like kids in school, like assassin school. They're like, this is how you take down a man twice your size. And it's like flip phone. Oh. The building's going to get blown up, everybody. Don't worry. It's okay. We have an hour. Yeah. Let's finish this lesson. Um, the This guy, he's the marquee. He says he's like the representative of the big high table. He's played by Bill Skarsgård, who played Pennywise in the It movies. Amazing actor. He is. At first, I had a problem with his French accent, but as we got going, maybe the first scene was the one they filmed first in the movie, because he's like Pepe Le Pew, kind of, you know? He's like... Uh huh. Uh, go ahead and destroy your buildings at Continental. Uh huh. <laughs> and I'm like, oh boy. But you know, as he got going, it was better. I and, thought he was great. Yeah. I just, I did like. I don't know. I thought he played an amazing villain. He is. He's good in the movie. I don't know if I was just like wasn't expecting him to have an accent or something. And I'm sure if people watch it, they're like, I didn't catch that at all. I'm sure I was being a little over. Overanalyzing it. I loved all of his outfits. That's what this movie has is a lot of style. Yeah. I'd say direction-wise, like non-action scenes, my favorite scene is when Winston goes to him and talks about like the one-on-one combat because he's just in this room with gigantic paintings. Like Winston, he's walking along the wall, Ian McShane, Mm -hmm. and there's just these gigantic paintings. And it looks like a painting itself, like a man standing there, all these gigantic paintings on a wall. Right. It looked very pretty. Um, But yeah, basically, the marquee has been sent by the high table to kind of clear everything up. He shoots Lance Reddick, which I was surprised. Mm. You think some, and kills him. You would think, there was a whole thing when The Dark Knight came out. There's a scene where Heath Ledger's, like, supposedly dead body as the Joker is brought in for a reward, but he's still alive. And people were like, there was rumor that they were going to take that scene out because he's, like, covered in a trash bag. Looks like he's dead after Heath Ledger died. Oh. So I was like, wow, I'm surprised you didn't hear anything about, like, whoa, there is a scene where Lance Reddick dies. Is that in good taste since he Mm -hmm. just died to have him there? I think they had to do something. Otherwise, I mean, yeah. If you know, you know, but if you don't, yeah, you'd be like, where the hell is he at? I know. And at least it didn't do like a, sir, we have to meet. I'm trying to do his accent. <laughs> like, And what's, I thought he talked like that because he kind of talks like that in Lost, has that kind of, hello, Mr. Wick. Yeah. You know? But apparently he doesn't. He, he, um, 
he he was uh, you know it could have had him be like sir the marquis wants to speak to you i have to go now thank you <laughs> and he walks off they're like that's the best thing we could do to come up with getting him out of the movie that is it <laughs> like the simpsons my home planet needs me walks up <laughs> So now we go to Japan. We see another continental that is there in Japan, and just they're very classy places. My goodness, yeah, I loved this place. It's very pretty. Yeah the the lady, the the character name is Akira. She seems to be like kind of the concierge, like Lance Reddick is at the one in New York. Mm-hmm. She's kind of like checking everybody in, getting everybody going, and we find out that she is the daughter of Hiroyuki Sonata. That's another legendary actor. He's been in a ton of martial arts movies. He was in Westworld Season 2 as the Lone Samurai. You and I recently saw him in Bullet Train. Mm-hmm. He is the head of this place. And John Wick has come here to kind of talk to him and ask him for help. And the daughter is pretty pissed off because she's like, oh, anywhere John Wick goes, you know, destruction follows. They are, they are fucking people up for talking to John Wick now. And she is right. Yeah. Yeah. She's like, did you hear what happened in New York? They blew up a building and nobody blinked. That's the power of this high table. Yeah. And this is kind of where we get introduced to Kane. Yes. Yeah. At some point in here, because I was kind of worried at first because they didn't really have much action going on. They're just kind of setting the table. And I'm like, oh, this is a lot of story. And mm. But yes, the Marquis goes to meet Kane, Donnie Yen, another legendary martial artist. And... He is blind, but they hire him to take out John Wick. Yeah, and I just, they have so much detail, and which again, that's probably why it was three hours, but so much detail that he gets his card in Braille. Yes. Yeah. His, his movements in this movie are amazing. Oh my God. I can't wait. Yeah. If, when you're ready to talk we about it, we go ahead and talk about it now. <gasps> love him too he he's great like the way he moves is amazing i was reading online if you watch him close enough throughout the movie which is another reason to rewatch it i suppose Mm. is that you can tell sometimes that he's not perfect like someone was like oh i was watching him in a big shootout and he kills a man but yet he still shoots where the guy is even after he's fallen because he doesn't know that the guy's dead yet well yeah because he's blind yeah and so it's like (laughs) it's great and the way he moves just feeling everything as he touches it's it's amazing. I would have no idea. And it, not every movie, like when there is a blind character, do they really show how they get around? Yeah. But this guy is an assassin. And you're like, how the hell? What? Yeah, the best of the best. What? So when shit goes down, it really shows how he does everything. You mm-hmm. know, he has those little things things that he puts on the wall that makes like the a doorbell sound motion sensors yeah mm-hmm. he uses his cane that kind of has a silver end on it to find out if something's hot or cold yeah because he touched like something hot and then he felt his his cane and he's like oh that's warm yeah and for a minute i thought oh somebody's gonna get a boiling bath but that never happened yeah yeah and it's great he crawls along the ground too sometimes mm-hmm. when he's fighting and it's amazing. Like Donnie Yen, a long, long history career of martial arts movies. He's like one of the the greatest to do it. And yeah, you're right. In the scene when the Japan Continental, the Osaka Continental gets overtaken by the High Tables men, there's a scene where Hiroyuki, Hiroyuki Sanada's people are like going after Kane. 
and he puts all these like motion sensors everywhere in the room mm-hmm. and you're kind of like what the fuck are these at first you don't understand fully what they are but as they start walking by them it makes doorbell sounds yeah and he like takes them all out because he knows you know yeah. where they where he put them where they're at and i love that he's so fluent that he can like take a nap real quick before he kills somebody yeah because he's eating for yeah. the longest time. And he doesn't, people are like, are you going to fucking do something? You're right. Yeah, I guess we should say. So the the high table do send a bunch of men into the Continental here. And they try to de-escalate it. Hiroyuki Sonata is all like, oh, please, you know, don't do not do this. And But it, it goes to shit and they all start fighting. Kane does not immediately get into it. Um, mm. He tries to talk Hiroyuki Sonata out of it. And Sonata's kind of like, oh, Kane, like, you fucking asshole. What are you doing working for the high table? And... I think they say it at the very beginning here, but basically they do threaten his daughter because Kane has a kid. Yes. Yeah. And I, you know, when I, I took it when he wasn't killing people and he technically didn't really kill some of the men. He just kind of knocked them out yeah. at first. I think I, I took it as like, he doesn't want to do this because this is his friend. Right. The the owner. And also John Wick is his friend as well. Right. So he doesn't want to do this, but he's doing it because he's his daughter. Exactly. You know, like the high table has threatened his his and his daughter's life, you know, and but you're right. Like when all these high table men are going around and people are getting killed left and right, um, Kane is shown like eating food in like a like kind of a little dark hallway. Yeah. <laughs> and the main bad guy, which I don't he's like the head of the high tables men. I don't yeah. know his name. He's he's in throughout the whole thing. Cheaty. I guess is this dude's name. Name uh, Marco Zaro. Yeah, Chidi Marco Zaro. Uh, he sees Kane eating food in like a little hallway, and he's like, "Hey, he's like, what the fuck are we paying you for?" <laughs> and that's when Kane gets in it. And man, when he starts, he's just like, "Holy shit!" Yeah, I'm like, okay, here we go. Yeah, uh, this also gives us some great scenes where the daughter Akira is shooting people with a bow and arrow on the roof, because that's where John Wick and they all were talking. And then when all these people start coming. She and John are going after these people, and man, this bow and arrow is just so cool. Badass. The best shot, I think, is John is like shooting this dude with a gun, and she shoots a dude with an arrow as he tries, as this dude tries to kick John, and it goes through his leg and like sticks him to the wall. Yeah. John shoots the dude in the face, and the dude just kind of rolls back with his leg still in the wall. Yes. It, yeah. It's hard. It's weird to say. Like, it's cool to see how this guy was murdered, but it's got style to it. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. I I also love how she came up against the the really big guy. I don't I don't know if he has a mm-hmm. name. He was just kind of one of the henchmen, but he's ginormous. Yeah. And she's just this little petite girl. And I'm like, oh no, and it does show that you know he does hurt her. Yeah. But then she pretty much makes a pincushion out of him. As he's trying to crawl up the stairs, she's just walking up his back with her daggers. Yeah, she's climbing him like he's a mountain. She Mm -hmm. keeps sticking him with with knives as she gets up to his head. Crazy. Yeah, it's it's pretty brutal. I noted that as well. I was like, holy shit, that's insane. And that guy, I mean, he's... He was, he went, it took a while to get him down. Yeah. I don't know if that was just his size or what, but. Yeah, I know. It's just kind of, one thing I like about these movies is it does show you kind of how hard it is to fight somebody. Yeah. Like it does take a while to take some people out. Exactly. Uh, One thing I feel like they kind of dropped is that at the end of the third one, when the high table sends all their people into the continental in New York to 
to try and kill John and Winston, these guys have, like, super armor on. And, like, none of the bullets work, and John has to use, like, a super shotgun almost to take some of these guys out. Hmm. And so I remember being like, holy shit, like, these guys have, like, ridiculous armor on. How are we ever going to take them out? And that seems to kind of be a little less in this. Like, they are able to take these guys out kind of easier. Doesn't that come in where they do have heavier armor? It does seem to to take some a bit to kill these guys, but John is killing them with a pistol, and I remember them making a big deal about it in the third one where he's like, he he needs something heavier, and that's when he gets his mm. big shotgun. But I was like, you would think they would k- still keep that big heavy armor on if it's so difficult to kill them. <laughs> you know. And I guess we can talk about the armor here, talk about John's suit. Like, these suits kind of make me laugh on how just indestructible they are. Mm-hmm. Because uh, you can take shot, and they did mention in the second one how painful it is to get shot. And I guess they can just take the pain now, but every time someone's trying to shoot them, John and whoever it is just lifts like their little jacket over their head to protect their face. It is pretty funny. <laughs> that, okay, it's just part of it, you know? Yeah. <laughs> it just doesn't make it a bad movie, but it it is a little weird. Yeah, it it is funny to see, and they do it so many times, you're just kind of laughing eventually. You're like, oh, well, I guess you got to do what you got to do. So this starts like a very long scene in this room where John is trying to get out, and it's just wave after wave of people, and John gets these nunchucks and eventually starts taking people out with them left and right. Oh, yeah. And it's very well done. I showed you a little bit of a video last night where Keanu Reeves was really training with nunchucks, Mm -hmm. and you're just like, geez, this guy really does it. Like, and he puts it around his neck like he's like, I'm going to hang on to these while yeah. he's shooting people and doing everything else. And then he takes them off his neck and whips them around and damn. Yeah, he's whipping guns out of people's hands left and right. Mm-hmm. It's it's really cool looking. And Donnie Yen eventually does come in and there's a really great scene where they fight for it a bit. And then John runs out of ammo for his gun, and but he holds still real quick and Donnie Yen's just like, John, are you dead? Like, he doesn't even know. <laughs> Can you answer me? Just let me know if you're dead or not. Yeah, I think John is on some broken glass, and as he moves, he hears it, and it starts the fight up again. But Yeah, I think, and before this... He, Hiroyuki Sonata. Yeah, he kills yeah. Hiroyuki Sonata, which was really sad. Yeah, because I think Sonata gets shot, and then like he and his daughter are trying to get out, mm. and Kane finds him, and... He doesn't seem like Kane wants to fight him, like you said. No, I, I wish he would have, uh, I wish Sonata would have just been like, okay. Yeah. Okay, we'll leave. Because Kane gave him, you know, the opportunity. And he just kept fighting. And I know, you know, there's tradition and all of that. And mm-hmm. I'm the man, I gotta do it. But, uh I hated it. I know, I know. I think Sonata was just so pissed off that a good friend of his would have done that. I know. But, you know, it could have been solved as in like, Dude, they said they would kill my daughter. Yeah. Like, okay, cool. Yeah. How about we work together and figure this out? <laughs> Let's sit down, hash out a plan where we could take down, you know, Vincent and whatever. Yeah. So, yeah, the fight goes on and Kane does end up killing Hiroyuki Sonata. He does let um, the daughter, Akira, go. Mm-hmm. She She's able to leave and... So we cut to John running out of this building, and this is where I I don't think I really cared for this character very much. We finally meet Mr. Nobody. Mm -hmm. He is a tracker. I guess he's trying to find John, but he he won't like 
try and take him out unless the money is high enough. Right. He has got a dog, which I didn't even think at the time, but to think that the dog would come back and play a big role in John's helping him. But yeah, they talk for a bit and he's and John's like, oh, you're a tracker. And I'm just like, am I supposed to know what that is? <laughs> no. <laughs> so I know what a tracker is. They just kind of, you know, track you. Yeah. But why? I don't know. And even Mr. Nobody was all like, listen, John, I'm going to need you to take care of yourself here. Yeah. It's like, stay alive until the money is high enough for me. (laughs) (laughs) Exactly. (laughs) And he lets John go. And that's the end of this whole Japan sequence, which is just amazing. Mm -hmm. Someone was saying how great, like, this would make some great wallpapers for computers and desktops. Like, there's a scene where John first gets introduced where you see him standing next to a cherry blossom tree on the top of the Continental. Very pretty looking. Yeah, the whole thing was just gorgeous. Yeah, the colors are great. Like, I listened to the We Hate Movies commentary on John Wick 1, and they do point out how that movie is specifically very green. Like, Mm -hmm. the colors in that are very kind of just straight across the board green. This one, the colors are all over the place, and it's great. Yeah. Like, in the nightclub, I think you get purples, and here you get pinks and reds in Japan. It's great. So at some point here, John meets up with Winston. Winston is at the grave of Lance Reddick. And Winston had put it out that he wanted to talk to John. And, you know, they come up with the thing of, like, there is an old tradition. And I wonder how far it goes because nobody seems to know. You know, everyone's all like, that's a myth. Of you can challenge somebody to one-on-one combat. And if Mm -hmm. you win, you're let free of all your obligations. Such an old legend. And that's the whole thing is that, like, we kind of, through all these movies, keep getting new rules. Where they're like, oh, in the second one, it's revealed that those markers, where it's like, oh, well, if you give someone a marker, then if they come back, you have to do what they ask you to do. Mm-hmm. And in this one, it's like, one-on-one combat. We call it mortal combat. Finish him. Yeah. <laughs> He's like, well, there is an ancient tradition that you challenge somebody to the of the head of the high table. If you kill them, you are free. If they kill you... It sucks to be you. Mm-hmm. And John's like, well, that's not going to work because I need to be a member of like a clan <laughs> or like a family. Right. I have to have a family and they have disowned me. Yeah. I was like, um, a clan would <laughs> D&D or something like that. Like, <laughs> I'm no longer part of the clan. Oh, that doesn't sound good. <laughs> no, <laughs> you don't want to be part of that clan. Yeah. No, it's I, okay. Yeah. Winston's like, well, look, if you go back and talk to your family, because I guess John used to be part of these people in, that are in Berlin. The Ruska Roman is what they, the Ruska Roma is what they called, also called the Russian Gypsies. Mm. And they are in Berlin, Germany. And Winston's like, look, if you go back and talk to them, I'm sure they will work with you. <laughs> yeah. And because in the third one, we kind of get the idea that John was raised by Russian people that helped him. Like he goes and asks for help from the Russian ballet and they help him escape from New York. Right. So, yeah, that's where we're heading now. And then that's where we kind of get to is John has finally gone back and he's talking to these, the Ruska Roma here in this area. Well, trying to. Yeah. They they have him in a noose. (laughs) That's pretty funny. Uh, Another thing before we move to that part is that the tracker does talk to the marquee and I went to the bathroom at this part, but you did kind of fill me in, but he, Oh yeah. He goes to the marquee asking for like money for John or like can tell where he is. And the marquee is like, 
hey, thanks a lot. Thanks for telling me where he's going to be. And, you know, you said you needed a lot of money for that. That's great. That's great. Here's a knife in your hand. Yeah. Like in the middle of his hand. Yeah. And Scott is leaving. And the... um, Marquis? Yeah, the Marquis. He's all like, um, some men pull the knife out and other men that are more committed pull the hand out. Yeah. Meaning he's going to have to rip his hand through this knife. Right. So that's exactly what he does. And I can't say that it showed the whole thing. I'm pretty sure it does did because I was cringing. I like covered my ears for a second. I don't know why. Yeah. And then I covered my eyes for a second. And then I'm like, oh my God, I got to watch this. I got to see what's happening. But it was like the whole theater was just like. <gasps> oh, wow. Just. Just it was the most cringing thing ever. Yeah, that sounds rough. I'm glad I didn't get to see it, but it is kind of funny because later on, I didn't realize how bad of a hand, like a trauma to his hand he had when he's in Berlin looking for John. He just has like a little bandage over it. Yeah, see, I didn't care for that <laughs> because you know how I am with injuries. This thing would have like his hand would have been flopping. Yeah. I mean, he would have cut through bone and nerves and he wouldn't probably been able to use it. Uh, And uh, again, I'm not a doctor or scientist, but this is just what I'm thinking. Yeah. It it basically would have elongated his middle and ring finger. He would have been able to give like a super Star Trek live long and prosper. (laughs) Exactly. Exactly. It would have been amazing. But then he just has this bandage over it i'm like no you need to go see like a neurologist and, yeah. and, and different doctors to fucking sew your hand back together yeah you're gonna have to rehab this for quite some time exactly i'm like okay five years are gonna have to pass yeah. by now before you can do anything all right so this is taking john quite some time to do this because he's just now went <laughs> the 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 roma here people and so it's been five years since my hand got shredded man yeah, that was the only, I mean, I love that scene. Mm-hmm. I liked what uh, the Marquis was doing. Yeah. Because he liked um, challenging people for pain. Yes. He, he liked causing pain and seeing this was was good for him. Yeah, he really enjoyed it. Mm-hmm. So yes, back to now in Berlin, John has come to the, come to his previous family and yeah, you're right. They welcome him back by putting him in a noose and they keep slowly tightening it. Mm-hmm. Reminds me of my family. Uh, <laughs> they do this exact same thing. <laughs> That's what they would do if I was to ever return back. <laughs> yeah. Well, John is telling them what he needs to do and they're kind of laughing at him that he wants back in. And he basically lays it out that he needs them to sponsor him, basically, to put mm-hmm. his name in for the high table. Be like, yeah, we'll, we'll back him. We'll, you know, he's legit. They say, well, you know what? The high table, because of you, they came. And the woman here, uh, they said it in, in the trivia, is his sister, adopted sister. Mm. I don't know if that's true, but the, the actress has been in a lot. She's been in uh, Natalie Tana is her name, if I'm saying oh, that. Oh, yeah, yeah. She's been in uh, Game of Thrones. She was in Harry Potter as Tonks. Katia. Katia, yeah. She said, well, the high table was so pissed at you that they came here and they killed my father. Mm-hmm. And they had this specific dude named Killa, is his name. They had him do it 
So I tell you what, you kill that dude, we'll let you back in. And so here we go. Like, And then outside of this place, we do see Mr. Nobody be like, hey, I see John. He's in Berlin. He's at this location. And this is where we meet. I am Klaus. This dude is apparently a real person. Like, he doesn't talk like this. But Klaus is apparently a famous bouncer in a club. Oh, really? Um, here we go. It's like, oh, I, instead of Groot, you're Klaus? Sven Marquette, an infamous European bouncer, appears as Ruska Roma member named Klaus. So he's like famous as a bouncer in a in a famous club. I just love that all he said was, I am Klaus. Yeah, because they're like, okay, look, we'll take you to where this dude that you need to kill is. His name's Klaus. And he comes up and he's like, I am Klaus. <laughs> the humor they have in this movie is also pretty great. Yeah, they do have some funny moments to break up the whole just action murder killing thing. But... Mm-hmm. So yeah, they go to this club where where Killa is and is played by the legendary Scott Atkins, surprisingly in a fat suit. Can't even recognize him. Yeah. Unrecognizable. I had no idea this was even a guy in a fat suit. Dude, I was like, is that Scott Atkins? I'm like, they yeah, put you, him in a, you would. I'm like, they put him in a fat suit. Wow. <laughs> you would notice things like that. Me, I'm just like, wow, that guy. Well, when he and John Wick start fighting, you know, um, Scott Atkins is throwing like roundhouse kicks at him. And you're like, God damn, that guy is limber. <laughs> I I was like, OK, OK, I like this. Yeah. Just because well, you're heavier doesn't mean you can't do a round kick. Yeah, I did um, look up some interviews with him and they were like, was it hard to do that? And he was like, it was a little more challenging. You know, I had to kind of work around it because, you know, having all that prosthetics and stuff on did make it a little more difficult. But like, yeah, it was fun. Good. That's cool. But they basically, and I've heard this referred to as like a James Bond scene because it's at like a little card table in this club. Mm. And Scott Atkins is like a dealer. He's like shuffling cards very professionally, by the way. He's yes. doing it like trick, trick shuffling and stuff like that. I'm like, well, I kind of want to learn how to do that. It would be cool, yeah. John, Nobody, and Kane all show up at this place at the same time. And they're all sitting down and... Like, I think Kane says it where it's like, I need to kill John. John wants to kill you. And Tracker wants to kill John. It's just kind of like an odd, like, this is this is crazy. Everybody wants to kill somebody else. There's somebody in this circle that everybody wants to kill each other. Yeah. <laughs> and Scott Atkins is a great actor in this scene. Mm-hmm. He does a great job. He kind of looks like the Penguin from the Batman movie. With right. With all the, the makeup on. Yep. He's got a little um, gold grill going on. Yeah, yeah, he does. They play a game of cards, and they all flip their hands over. John shows his. Mr. Nobody shows his. I don't know. Does Kane already knows what his are? I can't remember. Because I know um, Killa turns his cards over, and he has five of a kind, which is impossible. Like, how do you get five of the same cards? Mm. And Kane goes... Let me guess, he got five of a kind. And you're just like, how did he already know that? That was crazy. He like knows what he got. Maybe the silence. I vaguely remember that he did say that he had like six, seven, eight, nine or something like that. I could be wrong, but I was like, there's no way. This isn't, they're not Braille. Yeah, I know. This just says you're like, damn. He, he can't know unless, unless it was a perfect card like it was stacked perfectly you know ace king queen jack yeah. all, all the way and then he shuffled it and Kane could hear how the cards were shuffled and know exactly which order they were shuffled yeah. in which is just insane i think if you think about it it doesn't make sense no <laughs> but <laughs> um so yeah 
Killa has cheated. He has five cards of a kind, and John takes one of these cards and slices him in the neck with it. Yeah, I mean, that must have been like a brand new deck. I was thinking that too. Like, if he shuffled it enough, I don't think you could... If it's broken in enough, I don't think you could slice somebody with it. Which I believe um, in... um, What are they called? The gambling places? Casinos. Yeah. In casinos, I believe they do have to use a new deck of cards each time they play. Oh, gotcha. So, I guess... You know, in Casino Rules, maybe it was a brand new deck. Yeah, maybe. And so we've got another action scene here. It goes on for some time and Mm. really can't describe how cool it is. You just got to go and see it. I mean, there's like this, there's waterfalls in this club. There's like area with water falling down into like little pools and stuff. And It's multi-level. Yeah, I think John gets thrown off of one level or something. Yeah. And yeah, Scott Atkins finally comes in and he's like just, he, he reminds me of the Kingpin in, in the comics. He's like this big dude, but very limber and beating the shit out of him. Mm-hmm. And John is killing people left and right in this club, and people are not looking like anything is happening. <laughs> it's like, I just, those three guys are not getting back up after he looks like they got shot in the head. And part of me was thinking, well, you know, this is America. I'm sure that's what, well, eventually we'll get to that now. Mm. Like, oh, just another mass shooting. That's all right. Well, we're kind of there. <laughs> yeah. We're there. So, do you remember how Killa gets taken out? Yes. <laughs> so, they're like knocking each other off of levels. And then um, John, I forget how he does it, but he knocks him off onto stairs head first. Yes, 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 yes. And you see it like a split second. His his neck and head just go in the, just a distorted yes. way. And yeah, he it, super ooh. breaks his neck. Yeah. And as proof, he takes his grill out of his mouth and takes it back to his family. Mm-hmm. And they were like, well, shit, you did it. So I guess you're back in. And I thought, you know, Killa at, this, at the beginning of this scene says that they gave him up. They were like, they told me that you were coming because they don't want any trouble from the high table. Mm-hmm. So I guess since he did go ahead and kill that guy, they were cool with letting him in, even though they did give him up. They were like, son of a bitch, we didn't see this happening. Even yeah. though, you know, this is the fourth John Wick, and he's killed, like, millions of people. Yeah. We had no idea he would kill Killa. Kill Killa? Killa Killa. <laughs> so they do this whole ceremony that would really fucking hurt, is that they pour molten, like, metal lava. into this lava. Sorry. yeah, <laughs> Into this bowl that has, like, um, I don't know, like, symbols and stuff on the sides of it. Mm-hmm. So it superheats it up, and then Keanu and his adopted sister... Both put their arms on either side of it, and then they, they, they've, like, burned the symbols into they, the, each of their arms. Yeah, they brand themselves. Yeah. Ooh. That would hurt like a bitch. Yeah. I've seen videos of people doing that, and it's so goddamn stupid. Oh, my God. Yeah, I've seen where they, like, hold people down, and they're like, this mainly college people, where they're oh. like, yeah, this is going to be so fun, and then they, like, fucking hold it. And people in the comments are always like, um, you don't hold it down for like five seconds. You touch it to the skin and that's it. Yeah, you're going to take that layer of skin with you if you hold it down. Go through the muscle? Yep. You're going to get some severe burns. Yeah. Jesus. One thing we haven't talked about in this movie is Clancy Brown plays the Marquis like second in command. He's like, he's been in a million things, but he's got a very deep voice. Um, he's like the guy who sets up everything when they do the final duel and stuff. And at the end, he's like, your debts are cleared. Mm-hmm. 
he he's amazing. I love Clancy Brown. He's in he he voices Mr. Krabs in SpongeBob, but he was in the Shawshank Redemption. He was the villain in Highlander. He is also missing his ring finger. We see earlier in the movie, mm. like John. So I don't know what that exactly means for him. Yeah, he's done some shit then. Well, John had to cut his hand, he cut his finger off to get back in good with the high table right. after fucking around. So maybe that means that this guy did the same thing and had to get back into their good graces. Exactly. That is not explored. That's just really kind of left to your imagination. Winston now goes to meet the Marquis, and this is the scene I was talking about where he's walking past all these gigantic paintings in this room. Mm. And he was like, we, you know, John has now gotten back into his clan in Germany, and now we want to fight you in the trials of mortal combat. Yes. Challenge you to a duel. Yeah. So the Marquis is like, hey, that's great. Oh, by the way. Who is John? And Winston's like, I will be John's second in this duel. Meaning, you know, if John wins, I want my full privileges come to come back to me. And I want you to pay to have the Continental built again. Hell yeah. And the Marquis is like, that sounds great. Oh, by the way, did you know that if John loses, his second will be killed as well? <laughs> and Winston's like, shits his pants a little bit. Fuck. <laughs> I did not think this through. <laughs> Yeah, I think the high table, there is some mention of the high table being pissed off that the Marquis destroyed a building in New York. Oh, yeah. They think he's a little extreme. Yeah. I, I feel they think he's a little extreme sometimes, but, you know, he gets results, so. I guess, but dude, can you imagine how much it would cost to rebuild a goddamn building? Huge. And this thing was like, you know, it's a hotel. Yeah. It's many, many stories. I know, but you just have to think about how much money these people must have. Oh, Yeah. They're like, they don't even count their money. They have so much money. Yeah. <laughs> they just put it in a vault and it's like, oh yeah, it's over there. We don't know how much is in there. You need a hundred million? Okay. Just get it out of the vault. We're good. Yeah. So we cut to the next day and John meets up with the Marquis and his right hand man and Winston is there, but this is where they are choosing how they're going to final duel each other. Mm-hmm. And it made me laugh because there's these big like placards, like these big card type things on a big table in front of them. And they have to flip them over to figure out like how they're going to do it. Right. And they have numbers on them. So whoever has the highest number gets to choose how this fight is going to go. But it just made me think they were playing like Go Fish or something. <laughs> like, three. <laughs> go Fish. <laughs> Five. <laughs> <laughs> like, oh my god, this is going to take forever. Yeah. So, through the turning of the cards, we do get to where they say they will duel at dawn in front of this place in Paris. So, forgive me, I didn't catch the name of it. Yeah, I didn't know. It looks like a very famous it's a church, landmark. right? Yeah, something like that. Very famous landmark, I'm sure. Uh, with pistols. Yeah. And they were like, all right, well, we will meet at dawn in front of this place. John, if you do not, sh or if anybody doesn't show up, they'll be killed. This just turned into an old Western. Yeah. It was like high noon showdown, basically. Yep. Sacra Courier. It's C-O-E-U-R. Sure. Sacred Heart of Montremarte. Oh, that sounds beautiful. Yeah. I'd love to go to Paris sometime. Absolutely. That'd I'm going to stay away from that roundabout, though. <laughs> fucking people are crazy i'm sure if we go there now they'll be like no according to john wick no we do not drive 60 miles an hour in this roundabout 
Yeah, or I'll go there and I'll be like, it's only supposed to be 20 miles an hour. What are people? Or I think there's miles per hour is different, but still. Kilometers per hour, I think. Equivalent to 20 miles an hour in the United States. I'll be like, oh, my God, people were just speeding. (laughs) And it was probably like one in the morning. So there's just, does Paris not sleep? I I don't know. Is it like New York and it never sleeps? Yeah. Mm, Yeah. No, never mind. I couldn't really find anything if when it says like if they're busy or if it's kind of like New York and there's always people out and about. We'll say it is. I'm sure it must be. I mean, it's a huge place. We can make up what we want. Yeah, absolutely. Mm-hmm. So now we've got, you know, kind of time to kill until the morning and John goes and meets with Lawrence Fishburne. Mm. And Lawrence Fishburne, he, they meet him in this like underground subway tunnel and it has like a ton of art hanging up everywhere in there too. It was a little weird. Yeah, he's like... I'm diversifying. I'm coming here in London from New York. From New York, I'm hanging out in here now, and because that's kind of how Lawrence Fishburne's portraying it, <laughs> like like he's an old like seventies pimp kind of. <laughs> it's like, hello, John. I'm I'm here in Paris, baby. And and it happens to have an old radio in there that's playing. Yeah, yeah. We'll get there. Well, Lawrence Fishburne's like, I got something for you, John. I got you a new suit. Oh yeah. This will really stop any bullets for you for reals. And I got you this super cool gun, which I'm sure gun nuts were jerking off about. He's like, because he goes over all the specs of it. He's like, it holds this many rounds. It's got this spec. It holds like this. The chambers are this and the mm. this and that. And, oh, if you run out of bullets, it's sharp on the edges so you can stab people with it. Because he calls it like a cobra or venom or something. Mm. He's like, it's got a crazy bite to it. And so, yeah, he gets that. And as John is kind of suiting up, we see that the marquee calls into a radio station of the women who work for the high table. And that's something that the flashbacks on the, the before the show did on the Alamo, they made fun of these women. They were like, Oh, and so there's a hit put out and the women who have to have tattoos that work here call in the hit on John wick. And it does make me laugh. Cause all these women have like just sleeves of tattoos and they're all dressed like they're from the thirties. Yeah, because and they're wearing like sleeveless shirts. Yeah, it's just they—that's their attire, I guess. And you think that they would have better equipment? Maybe that's how they're so rich. Like the the high table is so rich is that they don't upgrade their equipment because this lady's like typing it in on a computer and it looks like an eighties computer. Well, I think that's how they get around everything. Maybe so. Because if you had like the technology up to date, mm-hmm. yeah, you could track that. You track that real easy. But if yeah. you go. Old school, like the old telephones yeah. and stuff like that that they were using. I mean, can't track that shit. Yeah, that's a good point because they've got whiteboard or uh, chalkboards and stuff. When they're like, the marquee is like, oh, I need to up up my uh, bounty on John Wick to like thirty million or whatnot. She erases it off of a chalkboard and puts thirty million yep. out there now. And they have like a layout of the city. And whenever John is seen, they kind of like put a little arrow on the board where he's at. Mm-hmm. And yeah, the computer makes me laugh because it's just like this small little monitor, green monitor. Okay. And she's like, like putting the bounty in. Oh, John Wick. I think it's great. That's why they have razor phones, you know. That's as far up as they can upgrade at the point where they can still be undetected. Yeah, because every time when they send it out, it goes to every phone that person has. Yeah, mm-hmm. it's crazy. And here we get a Warriors kind of homage, because in the Warriors movie, it's about this all these gangs in New York meet up in one spot. And this gang member, Cyrus, is like, hey, gang members, why are we fucking around fighting each other, killing each other? 
if you see how many people we all have, we would have like 70,000 gang members and we can take this city over. That dude gets killed and the it's blamed on this one gang called the Warriors who didn't do it. So the whole movie is these guys, Warriors, trying to get through New York back to Coney Island. Hmm. Which we were going to go to, but apparently Coney Island is, like, on the ass end of New York. Yes, it is. <laughs> it was, like, hours away. It's all right. Which makes a good movie, because now that I watch The Warriors, I'm like, oh, they got to get to Coney Island? Oh, shit. No, it'll take forever. <laughs> hope they get some sleep. Uh, but in that, there is a, a woman who does a radio station and tells, like, everybody where The Warriors is. Mm-hmm. And it's, like, the whole shot of the lady where it's just her her mouth and she plays records and stuff, but she's like, hey, everybody, the Warriors were spotted by Central Park. It's like, I hope you guys get happy hunting, and I hope they don't run into the baseball furies. You know, she's just telling everybody where they're at. Yeah. And that's exactly what happens here. Like, there is a lady running this radio station, and she has a nose ring that was driving me fucking crazy. Is that this? Um, I forgot what kind of piercing that's called. Well, her she's got it through her... Septum. Yeah. She's got it through her nose, and this thing is so long that it's, like, touching the top of her lip. Yeah, it's kind of like, um, I don't know. It's probably the wrong, I'm not a very good style kind of person, but, like, it reminded me of, like, an Egyptian-type style. Yeah. Just, like, all the curls are, I don't know. I'm just going to stop, because I have no idea. (laughs) It was pretty, but it did kind of bother me that when she talked, it touched her lips and was moving. Yeah. If it was me and I had that, I'd be like, like trying to spit it off my lip. But I have had my tongue pierced several mm-hmm. times, and that didn't bother me. Yeah. Because, I mean, you that clicks on your teeth, it, you know, gets in your way when you're eating. Mm. So. Yeah, that would drive me crazy, you too. You just kind of get used to it. It's probably what she's doing. Probably. So this new bounty goes out, and everybody's after John Wick. We see all these guys gear up, like getting all their stuff together. And we see this one group of guys grab a bunch of shotgun shells called Dragon's Breath and mm. load them up. Yeah, they're they're bad. And you're like, oh, I wonder what that is. <laughs> well, they try it out and show you. Do they show it right here too? Yeah. Oh, they're like, shoot it. And yeah, it's, it's exploding shotgun shells. Yeah. You basically catch on fire. Yeah. And you're like, oh, I can't wait to see that in action. Mm. Uh, yeah, John is trying to get to the place. I'm sure he's like, well, I need to leave early because I'm sure everybody's going to try to kill me. Should probably try and leave a few hours early, you know, just to be there on time. I thought he would take a nap. I mean, he's been through shit. Yeah. I think he's been thrown off a building at this point and should have broke his back. I'm sure. But he's still doing, he's good. He's good. He's probably got like a ton of internal bleeding. Mm -hmm. And, you know, if he stops now, he's just not going to get back up. That's the thing, you know, like. After I get off work, I'm super tired, and if I sit down, it just hits me all at once. Mm-hmm. I'm sure he's like, if I take a nap, I'm going to sleep for a week. True. True. Uh, one thing we did mention is after, yes, when John hears the radio, he does start to leave. There is a scene with John, Winston, and Lawrence Fishburne in a boat. They're, like, driving him to a drop-off point. Fancy-ass boat. Yeah, it's very nice, and they do talk for a minute, and they talk about, like, what they would want on their tombstones. Mm-hmm. And John's like, sausage. <laughs> do you remember that commercial? <laughs> what do you want yeah. on your tombstone? Pepperoni. <laughs> we like the meat. <laughs> yeah. I can't remember what Lawrence Fishburne says he wants on his. I don't know that they all said something. I think John just said something. I thought Lawrence Fishburne said something, but 
you know, at the or end, maybe John. He did. What did he say? He did it his way or something. I can't remember. Something like he's he's like a god or he's a badass. Something like that. Yeah. It, sorry, we can't remember it. But, oh, oh, yeah. I hate that. I can't remember. Uh, and John gets off the boat to go to this drop-off point they're letting him out at. And he turns around and he goes, loving husband. And they're like, what? And he goes, I would want my tombstone to say loving husband. Most words he said in, in a short period of time. Which is crazy because in the other movies he talked. He actually said sentences. I know. Um, again, he's just so tired after all this shit he's got to do. I don't blame him. I'm sure his asshole fell out when he said they said it was going to be like a three-hour movie. <laughs> um, so at that point when he said that, I'm like, oh, I think he's going to die. Right. Yeah, they set it up that he's going to die. Either, either they're setting you up that he's going to die or... They're setting it up that he's going to die, and he doesn't. Mm. They're like, oh, they're going to make you think that he's going to, and then he just doesn't. So, Why are you fucking with me? I know. Just tell me. So, yeah, so so he gets seen, and now we get into the big roundabout fight. It's crazy. There's just cars driving everywhere. John is drifting in cars and shooting people left and right. It's, it's, I, I really liked it. It was, it was neat. I, don't get me wrong. It was yeah. neat. I liked it. I just didn't like the practicality of it. Yeah. There's a very funny scene where a dude gets hit by a car, gets thrown in the air, and John like shoots him four times before he hits the ground. Yeah. And Mr. Nobody is in this area here, and his dog's taking people down. The The right-hand assassin of the Marquis, that dude is here too. Um, he throws Mr. Nobody's dog into a car. Oh, this dog gets no. fucking hit and thrown to the ground, and it gets back up like nothing happened. Yeah, he he, you know, arf. he arfed. He arfed, but then he was all like, <laughs> "I'm back." Yeah, and he's pissed. <laughs> he's like, "That hurt, but I'm still here." <laughs> Thank goodness, because I think the the um theater the theater was all like, <gasps> "Yeah, you know, everybody's getting killed. You know, people are getting killed. That's fine, but you fuck with the dog." Mm-hmm. We all know in John Wick, you don't fuck with the dog. You just don't do that, yeah. You don't do it. And, yeah, it's kind of funny. I mean, I I noticed in this movie specifically, they really stopped showing you John reload. (laughs) Because he's, like, shooting, like, 40 bullets out of his gun. And you sometimes you see him reload, and I guess it's just left to your imagination to know that he did. Right. Because he's driving this car, and he's drifting and shooting people, and it's like... 35, 36, 37, 38, 39. Yeah, this gun hold 100 bullets. I like how he had to pick up a gun off the ground when he was driving. Yeah. And it wasn't like super smooth. Like he was like jerky a little bit. Uh, that made it a little bit more realistic. Yeah. Yeah. He... I, I think I find it funny that they go to links to for some things to be realistic and then others they don't. Yeah. So that's that's what bothers me because then I'm like, okay, I'm thinking realistically now because you're trying to make it mm-hmm. realistic, but then you do this roundabout shit, and I'm like, no, that does not compute in my brain. I know, I know. I think John gets hit by a car at some point here too. Absolutely. Just... I think everybody's getting hit by cars. The the right hand guy of the marquee gets hit too at some point. Mm-hmm. It's pretty funny. Yeah, I mean, bodies are flying, man. They're literally. Yeah. We get to maybe one of the best parts of the movie is after this roundabout scene, John runs and he goes into like this old apartment building. Mm. And as he goes into the building, this camera like rises up to the ceiling and is like looking down. 
and it's basically like playing like an old time video game. Like you see everything happening, like you're looking down from the ceiling. As soon as I saw this, I'm like, Scott's going to love this. And then you <laughs> leaned over and you're like, I really like this. <laughs> it's really cool. Like you see everything. You get to see John moving through room through room and you're just looking down on everything. And mm -hmm. this is the big dragon's breath scene where he's shooting people left and right with those fire, fire ammo. Mm -hmm. People are getting lit on fire. And I looked on reviews after the movie was over and people were just like going crazy over that scene. It was, um, it was just such a weird perspective. Uh, there were parts that made me a little dizzy. Yeah. Um, they did pan it very slowly to, I, I could tell that they were like trying to prevent any kind of, you know, mm -hmm. off your equilibrium or whatever it's called. Yeah. But, um, did make me dizzy a little bit. Yeah, I can see that because I did notice when he's coming up the stairs in this apartment, the camera starts to pull way back. Mm -hmm. And I'm like, oh, that's cool. It's kind of pulling far back so you can really see it. And then it goes to the ceiling and I'm like, oh, that's really cool. <laughs> Do you remember there's a similar scene like that in that movie Malignant with the woman has the evil twin mm -hmm. um, where it shows her running through the house trying to see if somebody's in there. And it's like you see her run from room to room from the ceiling. Yes. That's that's pretty cool. Yeah. That movie is what it is. I mean, it was kind of fun, stupid fun, but I remember seeing that scene and be like, well, that's kind of cool. Yes. You're following her from above as she runs like through the house. Chasing herself. <laughs> <laughs> I know. Sorry. I just ruined it. <laughs> you haven't seen Malignant yet. What do you expect? I ruined it. You're welcome. And so somewhere through here, Mr. Nobody is... It's helping John. He's like killing guys too with his dog. And there is kind of a horror movie scene where one guy is like walking past this dark kind of like area of this apartment mm. and the dog just kind of comes out of the shadow. I loved it. It's like it's a horror movie. Like the yeah. monster has arrived. And he's talking to Mr. Nobody. Mr. Nobody is talking to the marquee and he's like, yeah, I, I have John here. I can take him, but I'm going to need more money. And this is where he gets a little cocky. Yes, and he he really is all like he hangs up on him. Yeah, and the marquee smashes his phone. Mm -hmm. <laughs> he's so pissed off. Smashes his razor, and he's like, "Damn it!" Yeah, and then he's like, "Bring me your phone," <laughs> and bring him like an old timey phone <laughs> on a plate. You know, yeah, this, this shows how fancy they are. And he's like, twenty five million. He's like, thirty now. And Hang up. <laughs> I think he raises it to thirty or forty somewhere in there, but. 2530 I don't know yeah he raises it to a real high amount and Mr. Nobody gets into it uh there is a really cool scene where some guy shoots Mr. Nobody in the back but he has like armor on and then he flips it and this thing like goes around his body to his front his backpack yeah it's like mm -hmm. his armor he flips it to his front so it's protecting his chest and then he like hits this guy with it I thought that was cool because he's wearing this backpack this whole time and yeah. I'm just like oh it probably has all of his ammo and stuff in it you yeah know? just backpack easy uh and then he did that and I'm like holy fuck that's cool yeah it's like his his armor he can flip from his back to his chest if he mm -hmm. needs to that's crazy so mr nobody finds john and they kind of get into a little standoff they're like pointing guns at each other we do get to a scene where one of the high table men is getting ready to shoot the dog and john instead of killing nobody kills the dude that's about to hurt the dog yep and love a man that's gonna sacrifice himself to save a dog <laughs> yeah mr nobody's like Oh, well, he's a good guy. Mm -hmm. I mean, he killed the he killed that dude trying to take my dog out. And so he's at this point, nobody's kind of on his side from here on out. Yep. Which um just shows how much he loves his dog. Yeah, absolutely. And 
and doesn't like people. I thought he was going to somehow be related to Halle Berry's character from the last one because she had dogs. That is rumored. It has not been defined yet. Yeah, I thought they were going to be like, well, my, you helped my sister, you know, in the last movie or what. But no, he's just some dude with a dog. Because it does talk about Halle Berry having a son that oh, she okay. has never seen. And this dog attacks like her attack dogs, like right yeah. in the crotch. Yeah, this dog's biting dicks left and right. And I think he says, doesn't he speak in German for him to attack like Halle Berry does? Oh, probably so. I don't remember. It's usually how they train attack dogs, I guess. Or I guess. If you want them to be very, uh, well, I was going to say, if you want them to be very angry, you yell at them in German. Yeah, just be vicious. But, you know, they, they don't ever mention anything of him being related or he knows her or they work together. You know, it's just he's another guy that has, I think it's a Belle and Maljean as well. Mm, yeah, beautiful, beautiful dogs. I think they're going to come out with another one, which we can talk at the end. Yeah. But, uh-huh. Well, I can tell you all the ones they've got planned. So, yes, yes, we can. Oh, okay, cool. And so now we get to the famous stairs scene. And... <laughs> This is a really, a lot of people were talking about this scene as well on like Reddit online of how cool it was because I wish I could get a count on how many stairs and like where exactly this is, but this looks like a nightmare for a bigger person like myself. Yeah. There's so many stairs leading up to where John's got to get to. He even stops at the at the bottom and kind of pauses and you feel that he's like, fuck, how am I going to even get up here, up these stairs? And then when he starts... Then you start seeing people come out and, and, you know, he's just like, God damn Yeah. Well, that's funny because I was like, oh, I didn't really look at the trivia on IMDb for this, but I did right before we started. The director of the movie said that that's 50% John's character and 50% Keanu Reeves in that scene. Because he was like, Keanu was so game, but I do feel like he was a little tired at the end of this. I so imagine. I think when he's like, God damn <laughs> like these fucking stairs. And, you know, I paid like as much close attention as I could. Sometimes mm. I got distracted just to see, because sometimes you can tell when a stunt double comes in. Yeah. And I know he had to have had a stunt double. I could not tell. Like sometimes the hair will change. Like yeah. it'll have a different texture. It won't be as shiny. You can kind of, you can tell those small little things of when a, oh, yeah. a stunt double kind of comes in. I couldn't tell. I really think he did as much of it as he could. And, and I guess... When he didn't, it wasn't as focused on him. Maybe not. Yeah, because that's another piece of trivia is like after this movie was over, he gifted his stunt team for these movies uh, a $10,000 Rolex Submariner each with mm. a personal engraving on the back for each person. He's such a good guy. He seems like the nicest guy. I would just love to be friends with him. Because I think yeah. most of the world does. And if you don't, then that's your thing. But... Wow. Yeah, he and Brendan Fraser seem to have, like, a lot of goodwill mm, from people. Just, absolutely. Just being nice people in general. Yeah, like, good human beings. I did read when he was making The Matrix, he gave away a lot of his money to the cast and crew, making some of them millionaires themselves by doing it. Yeah. He's just like, oh, I made, like, $30 million for this movie. There's no way I'm ever going to need all that. He's like, I really only just need, like, a million of that, so yeah. let me give her the rest away. What a good human. Who would do that? I don't even know that I would do that. I mean, if you had the ability to give it away. Give it I, away now. <laughs> I knew that was coming. <laughs> Sorry. Uh, I just know that he likes riding his motorcycles, which doesn't he ride a motorcycle in this movie at some point? Oh, yes. I thought so. Yeah, I was like, 
I wonder, because I, I remember thinking when he does, I'm like, oh, is that Keanu? I was like, can I ride a motorcycle in this one too? That'd be sweet. Yeah, I think he he puts it on its back wheels and revs it up and runs it into another guy or something like that. Yeah, yeah, something. And again, I know if you're listening to this, if you have, you know, you probably have already seen it. If you are, hopefully. If you haven't, please watch because you just there's no way to describe like how cool all these scenes are. Yeah, and if you can see it in a theater, I thought we were in trouble because at the beginning when he's hitting that board, it was so goddamn loud. It was, yeah. And I was like, holy shit! Like our ears are gonna get destroyed. And then you really liked the people next to you. You, <laughs> you, you guys like exchange phone numbers at the end. You guys no, are like BFFs, no, talking no, every day. Not at all. I know they were talking a lot, and especially through the beginning of the movie. And the Continental gets blown up at the beginning, and one of the dudes beside goes, Was that the Continental? <laughs> and I go, Yes, it was. And he goes, Oh, oh, oh. He goes, Oh, th- thank you. No, he starts smiling. I think they were drunk. Oh. They were drinking Bloody Marys yeah. and other things. Because um, I only know because it irritated the shit out of me because he took the um, celery and was mixing it, oh, and you could yeah. hear the ice. I'm like, Shut the fuck up. I was I was just like you, but I just I stay calm. Yeah. <laughs> well, they're talking through the trailers, and I'm like, I start to get a little frustrated with that, even though it's not the movie, because I'm just like, oh god, is this how they're gonna be through the movie? Mm-hmm. Like I start to get worried. I'm like, oh, they're talking through the trailers. Jesus, I hope this is not how they are. And you you asked me the other day. You were like, oh, they quieted down though. And I'm like, no, they didn't. Yeah. No, they still talked. I couldn't hear because it was so loud. Yeah. They'd be like. And I just, I used to work at a movie theater and I got drunk on power being able to tell people to fuck off. (laughs) And, you know, and and I don't like people doing that. Like, I grew up with my parents. Like, I think the last movie my mom saw in theaters was Titanic. And she told somebody to fuck off because they kept talking through the movie. What I think is so funny is when we watch TV at home, I talk a lot. Well, it's us. I mean, I, I do that too. I, I mean, I'll talk to the kids. I'll have a conversation while the show's going and... Um, and then I realized I'm like, God damn, I'm being annoying right now. And you just, you don't care. No. Or you you don't show that you care. <laughs> it's different. It's different because it's you. Now, if we were trying to watch a movie in a theater and it's one that I like really wanted to see, then yeah, I probably maybe be like, hey, I would be cool to you about it. I'd be like, right. Hey, I'm, I get it. I'm just You wouldn't tell to me to fuck off. No. Okay. Thank you. But other people, I don't know why it just gets to me so much when the other people start talking. I'm just like, shut the fuck up. <laughs> but yeah, that was so funny. The dude's like, what, what building was that? Like, what building do you think it was, dickhead? They're just looking at, they're looking at the Continental. And he's like, was that the Continental? I'm like, yes, it was. He's like, oh, oh, oh. He's that shocked that I said something to him. And a normal person you would think would be like, oh, shit. That guy's listening to me talk through the whole movie, and he just talked to me. You think he may be pissed off. And they're like, I think that guy's pissed at me. <laughs> I didn't realize that they were drunk, but the movie was 11. You're getting drunk at 11 in the morning. They seemed it to me. Yeah. That I could be wrong, but. that That's kind of why, you know, I get it. Serving alcohol, people just want to have a beer and enjoy a movie. But there are some people I don't think that should. There are those no. people that are like. They're like, I'm the funniest person in the world. And I'm going to talk about the movie. There should be like a two, two glass limit. 
I don't know, when they first started that here in town, what is now the Alamo, Campbell 16 Theater started to allow you to have beer. Mm. And some friends of mine and I that worked at the other theater went and watched a movie there, and the guy who got the beer ended up getting wasted. And I'm just like, Jesus, I don't. I think this might be a bad idea. <laughs> that is one thing I've never wanted to do is go watch a movie and get wasted. I know. Because how would you pay, you know? You really, I don't think you'd really pay attention and you'd probably miss a bunch of shit. Yeah. It's not like you can party or, I don't know. I'm yeah. very social when I drink, so you can't be social watching a movie. Which, which, which by the way, the last episode, oh, yeah. we could not think of Shelly's alternate identity when she drinks, which doesn't come out very much. I mean, when you get hammered, hammered, right. which hasn't happened in years. But her, I was editing the last episode and I was like, oh, her name's Suzette. And I don't know why I couldn't think of that. Yeah. But Suzette is a loud and proud party animal. Suzette has so many friends and she just loves everybody. And she loves to scream. Yep. <laughs> At people and ask them outrageous questions. Yeah. Hey, you almost got somebody to do our uh, wedding photography. Yeah. Uh, but it turns out she was drunk too and did not want to do it. <laughs> she was drunk and just agreed. Yeah. And then. When everybody sobered up, she's like, oh, I'm busy. And I'm like, I do remember that, don't you? And she's like, oh, I'm busy that day. Yeah. <laughs> I'm like, oh, okay. Ah, whatever. I thought we were going to be friends. It's fine. It's like me. I was slightly drunk and I still remembered. And I'm like, hey, that's great. We were looking for a wedding photographer. Mm -hmm. And then I'm like, what? That's dumb. It worked out. Hopefully she does not listen to this. I doubt she would. I don't think so. Maybe she doesn't remember this. Hopefully. Um. Anyway, back to John Wick. Yeah. You know, squirrel. We haven't done that for a minute. Yeah, this scene of him going up the stairs is very cool. He takes a bunch of dudes out. This looks as tiring as fuck. Yes, I was exhausted. Yeah, and he finally makes it to the top of the stairs. And wouldn't you know it, it's the Marquis' assassin dude, and he kicks him. And as you said at the beginning, John falls for like five minutes down these stairs. Oh, it was just my heart broke. Yeah, you just get the sense that it took him so long to get up there. And then the theater was really laughing at this scene. Mm -hmm. He just keeps falling. It's almost like a Simpsons joke <laughs> or something. Like, ha, ha, ha. There's, there is a Simpsons episode where Homer keeps falling down a ravine. <laughs> like he gets in an ambulance after they pick him up. And the ambulance hits a tree and Homer slides out and goes back down the ravine. He's like, ha, ha, ha. <laughs> um, he gets to the bottom finally and Kane is here. Kane shows up. Yeah, and at first I'm like, oh no, now they got a fight? Yeah. And Kane picks him up and he's like, come on, John, we gotta get up there and we gotta do this. And I'm like, oh my god, now my heart just broke. Again. Because does Kane talk about his daughter here? Uh, I think John kind of was like, oh, it's your daughter, right? Yeah. Or he's like, is it family or something else? I don't know, but he figures it out. And Kane's just like, yeah, it's my daughter. Yeah, they... So there's this really great scene of Kane and Keanu Reeves going up these stairs, taking people out left and right. It's very cool. Mm -hmm. And again, I would love to rewatch this movie and just watch Kane when he's in here because the way he moves, I mean, like, he's amazing. I didn't realize till after, but I'm like, oh, yeah, Donnie Yen played a blind man in the Star Wars movie Rogue One where he's like a martial arts dude. So I wonder if the director of this was like, you know what was really cool? Donnie Yen in that movie? Let's have him be in this movie as a blind man, too. Yeah. Well, I mean, whoever decided that, genius. I wonder how long he had to work on that, because Jesus Christ. He had to be so fluent. Yeah. 
to be able to be so relaxed and calm. Yeah, and I love his cane. Like, he uses it to feel things as he walks. Mm-hmm. Like, as he feels things, like, kind of around him so he can feel. And he brushes with his hand as he goes. It's, it's, it's so well done. And it turns into a sword. I knew that was going to go. Anytime yeah. somebody has a cane in a movie, you know it's going to have a sword hidden in it. Every cane should have a sword. <laughs> <laughs> that is my quote. Well, there you go. I'm TMing that bitch. And then it's in not this already one, TMed. Kane's cane did have a sword. Yeah, it did. So they get to the top, and this top assassin dude, like nobody comes in here at some point and is helping them as well. And do we get like all three of them fighting, or does nobody just come in at the end and take care of business? Because oh. nobody is the one that ends up taking out the head assassin. I guess so. Because, yeah, nobody shows up at the end. Yeah, it, it's okay. Basically what happens is, yes, Mr. Nobody takes out the head assassin guy. And I don't remember exactly how he does it. No. He gets a brutal death, basically. But um, the dog pees on him at the very end. Oh, yeah. The dog does um, go after his crotch. And then I don't know how he actually dies. But then, yeah. That that was kind of a funny scene where the dog pees on him. Yeah, that's the whole the thing is that the the head assassin guy gets brutally killed finally, and the dog like pees on him for a second, and the theater exploded at that scene. Yeah, <laughs> I kind of rolled my eyes a little bit because I was like, okay, I I figured a dog was gonna have to pee on something. It it was a little CGI too. Was I didn't it know. Was, I was just like, Ehr. yeah, it wasn't the best, but I thought it was cute. I was like, derp. Yeah, of course the the dog pees on his face. Um, so the high table is sitting, well, basically the Marquis Winston and Clancy Brown are sitting at the spot they decided to have the showdown at, and they hear all this gunfire going on, and then it stops when John gets kicked down to the end of the stairs again, and they think that John must be dead, because Winston looks a little scared at them for a moment. Mm-hmm, he's shitting his pants. Yeah, and the Marquis's all like, hey, 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 but then the firing starts again, and the Marquis's like, oh, god damn it. <laughs> Yeah, by this time, uh, Winston has depends on because yes. he has shit himself so much during this this whole movie. So much shitting in here. Yes, so he's he's prepared. It's okay. So wouldn't you know it? Kane, nobody, and John all make it to the place that they decided to meet at. Yay! And Mister Nobody and his dog just kind of sit on a bench next to the whole thing going on. You think that they'd be like, "Kill that man! <laughs> he fucking turned yeah. on us." He's here to watch the show. He even pops a beer. Yeah. He's like, I'm just here to enjoy. His backpack is like uh, bulletproof and it also is a cooler. <laughs> it's plugged in. It, I mean, it has to have a cooler for these purposes. That would be a great joke. Yeah. If he just opened it up <laughs> and it had like several beers in it. <laughs> he has his dog bite the cap off. <laughs> He's like, Schneitz! <laughs> I didn't like that he gave his dog some beer. Yeah. I'm like, is that... That can't be good. Oh, don't do that. No, no. Is that non-alcoholic beer? Hope so. Yeah. And so here we go. John and Kane both get like these old timey guns that only have like one bullet in them each. You like mm. pop it open and put the bullet in. This whole thing was fancy too because the seconds came over with the bullet on a tray yeah. just to present it to them. And it's just something like Jesus. Super classy. Yeah. Um, another see another line that a lot of people have loved is yes when the marquee brings a bullet over to kane he's like remember if you kill john wick 
you and your daughter are free. And Kane goes, fuck off. Mm, he's done. <laughs> it's so funny. He's so over it right now. He's like, yeah. I'm going to have to kill my best friend. Thank yeah. you. Go to hell. And so Clancy Brown's like, all right, here's what we're going to do is you guys first, you walk out to 30 paces or whatever. And do you then, think it was really 30 paces when they did that? I was counting, but they did cut a few times mm. when they were walking, so I didn't know if it was exactly it. Same. The rules are you walk out 30 paces, you shoot. If you're still alive, you come in like 10 paces until and shoot again, and you'll shoot again until one person's dead. Yep. So very high tension here. You know, you're like, oh, shit. And John takes his jacket off. I think Kane takes his off as well because they're bulletproof, basically, and... John's just kind of in his undershirt. Uh, they shoot for the first time, and John gets it in, like, the shoulder, and Kane, you know, they kind of wound each other, each not in, like, the center. Mm-hmm. So wouldn't you know what? They have to move in 10 paces again, and they shoot, and again, hit people, hit them kind of, like, in the extremities. Right. And at the third shot, you know, they move in. They're pretty damn close to each other. <laughs> like they could probably touch each other's guns at this point. Yeah. It's so close. And they do the three, two, one fire and they fire and John gets shot like right in the stomach. Yeah. And he goes down. He's like on the ground. Yeah. And you're like, oh, fuck me. And the Marquis is super happy. He's like, oh, I get the final shot. I get the final shot. Mm-hmm. And he takes the gun from Kane. And he is basically like monologuing about how great he is or how John's an idiot. And as he's getting, as he's reloading his gun, uh, Winston is like, you arrogant asshole. Mm-hmm. And he's like, what? And he's like, John never fired his third shot. And the Marquis like looks shocked and John gets up and Marquis has been saying things about like there's consequences for your actions throughout the whole movie. Yeah. And John goes, consequences. <laughs> That's exactly how he said it. He did. He has consequences and he shoots the marquee through the head. Yeah. Yeah. And he falls backwards and says, wow. It's pretty crazy. You're like, oh, fuck. And then Clancy Brown goes, all right, we'll rebuild the Continental. Winston, you and John are, and, K- and Kane, you are cleared of all of your obligations to the high table. All right, everybody. Let's get the fuck out of here. And they all like get up and start leaving. <laughs> like, good job, everybody. Have a nice day. Well, leave this dead body here, I think. I think they did. I don't know. Yeah, they did. Um, I was, I, I guess, they have a cleanup crew? They do. In the first one, John does call a cleanup crew to clean up bodies, so I'm sure they have, like, a high-tech one here in Paris as well. I'm sure, yeah. Or, you know, if the cops found him, they'd be like, oh, my God, another assassin duel. <laughs> be like, oh, what was, I just thought of this. When they were taking their jacket off to get ready to do the duel, um, when they were taking it off, you could hear um, the bullets, the bullets and stuff, come off their jacket and That's just fall so off, funny. fall yeah. off on the ground. I was like, that is, again, detail. That's a great little moment. Yeah, yeah. It's just so neat. Yeah, that's great scene. And Kane thanks John, and and he walks out, and I think Kane says sorry or something to him. I think he's like, thank you, John, for everything, and he leaves. And John gets up and tells Winston, he's like, take me home. And Winston has like a look of shock on his face. He looks very depressed. And he's crying. Yeah. And John walks down to the end of the the stairs. He takes his belt off, which I thought was Why? interesting. I don't know. I was wondering if he's going to like suture or like, what do you call it? When oh. You, like, 
um, tourniquet. Yeah, I thought he was going to leave like a tourniquet on his chest or something. I don't know how that works. can't do that. Mm -mm. But he sits down, and then we fade out, and we fade back. We're at New York, and we see Winston and Lawrence Fishburne standing at John Wick's grave. Mm -hmm. Because we see John, like, say his wife's name. He has a flashback, two of them together, yeah. Mm-hmm. That that's absolutely right, yeah. And then Helen, he, I think. He breathes out and then he slumps over. Okay, yeah, I totally forgot about that. I thought it just be flashed. And yeah, the Lawrence Fishburne and, and Winston are standing there and they do have John Wick's dog. Mm. Cause you're like, where's his dog? He had a dog. He got one at the end of the first movie. Yeah. And his tombstone reads loving husband. Yeah. And he's right next to his wife. And I thought they were going to pull a thing where, you know, they're all looking at his tombstone and John, I thought, was going to, like, walk up next to him and be like, Hey, guys. Yeah, you're like, it's finally over. But no, it's, he's dead. Yeah, there's, I listened to some other podcasts and I, I wish I could remember the name of the one that I got this one off of, but one of them thought that this whole thing of the whole John Wicks, you know, him being an assassin was after his wife died the whole reason why he just went on this murdering spree to have a purpose is because he's doing it like for his wife Mm -hmm. i don't yeah when he said it i'm like oh maybe but now that i'm saying it out loud i'm like no i don't know i'd have to hear it i guess but it does make sense because yeah his wife died and he went back into the life that he used to be in Mm -hmm. and i remember being you know when he died i was like well what the fuck was the point like, he's fighting so hard to not be killed by the high table, mm. and then he just dies. But then I was like, well, he died on his own terms, you know, he didn't get killed by the high table, and like, some punk, you know, he took out all these guys, and he saved Kane's life, saved Winston's life. I get it. If he's not dead, I would be shocked with as much as his body went through. Like, seriously, he probably has internal bleeding. Mm-hmm. I mean, if you think about it realistically, um, his body just went through hell. I would be shocked if he is dead because they, this thing prints money. Like, this is a huge hit. They're giving it like 90 some odd percent on Rotten Tomatoes. Critics are loving it. I would be absolutely shocked if they like left it like this. Really? It's a good ending. What if they bring in somebody else? Well... They do have a movie coming out called Ballerina, which is a spinoff. And because in the third movie, John goes and visits his Russian people in New York, and they're like the head of a ballerina academy, which is a secretly training facility for assassins. So it's like this lady is supposed to be this head ballerina, and apparently Keanu Reeves is in a, has a cameo in it. Okay. So it's supposed to maybe take place before all this. Hmm. I could have swore we saw a, cam- or a, a preview for this, but maybe it was a different movie of some badass killing people i don't know um or you know if you wait 10 minutes after the credits yeah you do get a little scene yeah we'll we'll, we'll wrap we'll wrap it up here with the oh, movie and then sorry. we'll talk about that no no you're you're great to bring it up uh Lawrence fishburne has a very funny line where he's like do you think john's in heaven or do you think he's in hell <clears throat> and i'm like uh if heaven exists I don't think John's going to heaven. No. No. <laughs> nah. Love you. Love you, John. But yeah. nah. You, you're going to hell for sure. 
I can't remember where Winston says. He, I think he just, what he says to that. I think he's like, oh, I think John's right where he wants to be or something. I can't yeah, remember. Yeah, it was a neutral kind of, yeah. I don't know, kind of thing. So, yeah, credits. And then they put it right after, like, at the end of the credits. So we had to wait for all of this. Yes, basically is um, Hiroyuki Sonata's daughter is walking through a crowd. Wait, I'll start again. Kane's daughter is playing like a violin in the street, mm-hmm. and we see Kane walking up to her with like flowers to and reunite. Then, yeah, finally, and then through the crowd we see Hiroyuki Sonata's daughter walking towards him with a dagger. Yeah, like she's gonna kill him for killing her dad. Like, and son of a bitch. Someone did point it out how funny it was because she's got her hood pulled up, and they were like, "Thank God she pulled up her hood so Kane wouldn't see her." <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> so maybe that is going to be a spinoff. One of the drunk guys next to us was like, well, thank God we stayed for that. Yeah, that was funny. That did get a big laugh from everybody. Yeah. And, I, yeah. Um, so maybe there'll be a spinoff there or something with Kane. I think Donnie Yen said he would like to do it again. Oh, I'm just like, man, I hope he doesn't die. I get it because he did say to the daughter. Sorry, I don't remember names. Um, Akira. Yeah, that I'll be waiting for you when you're ready. Basically, yeah. I know that you're going to have to, you know, vengeance or defend your father or whatever it's called. So yeah. I'll be waiting for you. Yeah, it's a Kill Bill line. In Kill Bill, where the bride kills the little girl's mom for portraying her, she's like, when you grow up, if you're still sore with me, come find me and we'll fin- we'll settle this. Mm-hmm. So it's definitely like, yeah, if you're still pissed off, come find me. Yeah, I guess she was and uh, she did. To be continued in Kane. I don't know. Uh, I, there was some talk of a spinoff of Halle Berry's character, maybe. Mm-hmm. There, there is a ballerina movie coming that'll be related to the John Wick universe. There's so much you can do with this movie because it's so um, leveled. So you know? big, yeah. Mm-hmm. It is funny to me. I was looking up last night all these movies that came out and kind of have ripped off John Wick. Like... Um, there was a preview for one on the on the movie called uh, Sisha or something. It's like the guy during World War II who's a Russian and he's insane and he's killing all the Germany people, mm. all the Nazi people. We saw a preview for that and it was like, from the producers of John Wick come John Wick in World War II. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm just like, man, there are so many movies that came out that were like, people really love watching like this huge connected universe of badass assassins killing people so we'll make that movie as many times as we can it's been good it always happens like whenever something hits that's huge like that that no one expected they always try to make other movies like it to kind of cash in i know but you have to know when to stop i know like when do you know when to stop which before we went into this movie i thought i heard the director talking about john wick 5 and i think people were saying maybe he did that to throw him off because they were, because of course he's giving interviews before the movie came out, and I'm sure the big one he was getting was like, "So John Wick Five, when are you doing John Wick Five? And like, mm. "Oh, we're talking about it." Like, mm, mm, probably not. Mm. So I was shocked that they killed him. Although I'm sure I did think to myself, Keanu was probably like, "Please kill me <laughs> at the end of this movie, for fuck's sake, just push me in the pool, <laughs> let me die." I don't know what movie that's off of, but... Well, we've made that joke before of guy in a wheelchair, like, point me towards the (laughs) pool and push me. Yeah, he's like, 
at the end of each movie, I am filled with bruises and broken bones. Mm. And you, for reality's sake, you do make me get shot by real bullets. <laughs> it fucking hurts. <laughs> oh, gosh. And he does look like he's getting older now. Like, when he was doing those mm. scenes, I said it in John Wick 3, he looked a little slower. He seems a little slower in the martial arts stuff that he does. But, I mean, man, the man's 58. Yeah, what do you expect, man? I know. I mean, he's still great. He is very physical. I mean, he did all that as much shit as he could in the matrix mm-hmm. doing all that kung fu i'm sure he he's very physical very cool yeah so yeah i really enjoyed it i thought the action scenes were cool and and they were very interesting and really just go see it if you haven't watch it on the big screen it really lends itself to being seen on the big screen yeah hopefully you don't sit next to drunk people <laughs> Yeah, hopefully not. And if so, just get drunk yourself and watch it again later. Yeah. Or or you go get drunk in the theater and then you're the person that someone will bitch about on their podcast. Either way. Whatever it takes. Just go watch this movie. <laughs> yeah. Well, cool. Well, great. I'm, I'm glad we did that. Mm-hmm. This was the first one we did where we didn't have notes. We were kind of just going off of Wikipedia. <laughs> but like, what happened again? I legitimately, for some reason, forgot about Mr. Nobody's character when I was rereading this. They were like, a tracker named Mr. Nobody. I'm like, oh, yeah. There's some people who are like, why is he in here? But I liked him. I liked the character. I kind of understand yeah. that he had to be in there to help John out. Oh, yeah. And it'll be interesting if they do anything with him. I don't know. Yeah, we'll see. But follow us on your favorite social media. Um, thank you for listening. And also check out my Etsy store, which I'll have the link in our show notes. All right, great. Well, thank you for listening and supporting. We'll talk to you next time. Bye-bye.